Alright, welcome to episode, what is this, whatever, welcome to the next episode of the VCast. So, what I actually want to make this podcast about, though this episode is going to be about me, and it's going to basically be about, um, can't have a little uh, sunshine without a little bit of night. So, going into that, I want to just talk about, one, myself, because I realized I never actually introduced myself and talked about my story a little bit, and to why I wanted to even make a podcast to begin with. But also just uh, going to the topic of can't have a day without a little bit of night um, to get into some deeper thoughts and deeper uh, background about why I do the things that I do now. Um, so really, it, it all started, uh, and I want why I wanted to share this message and why I, f- I just want to get shit off my chest. To be honest, um, was all due to like low self esteem. Um, I suffered really from like a lack of confidence for like as long as I could remember going back to even like uh, a grade school. Um, I always was the even kid in my family to do as like my parents that I had mentioned this before. Um, but there was a period of time between uh, like junior year of, of high school to like sophomore year of college where it was just kind of like a really fucked up time. Um, Going back to uh, junior year, uh, it itself wasn't that, I don't know, high school for me was never really a super impactful time as far as going out and doing a bunch of shit and like, I never, I still don't believe in the fact of what people say, uh, oh, it's this whatever quote unquote year or time of your life is going to be the best years. I don't think your 20s is going to be the best years. I don't think my college years is the best years. I didn't I definitely did not think my high school years were the best years. Um, to me, I just follow the philosophy that like whatever day that I'm doing now, whatever day I wake up, tomorrow is going to be the best day or best time of my life. The day after that is going to be the best time of my life. So it's just going to constantly, no matter if I'm fucking 20 or I'm 43, I, I'm just going to keep with that same mindset. But uh, coming out of junior year, uh, going into senior year, um, it's kind of like a pressured time as far as high schoolers go where you don't know what your life is going to be going towards, but you know it's gonna, you're going through this big change of where you're no longer going to be like this kid in high school. You're going to be like, quote unquote, a young, ad- a young adult having to choose your career and all of that, which I think at, at the time of, uh, of 18 where – you're going away to school, uh, at least for me, it's too young to know what the hell you want to do. Like, that's just my belief behind it. I, I, I feel like, honestly, if I could go back and redo it, redo everything I did, looking at hindsight, I'd probably just go to two years of uh, a junior college or a community college. Um, just two by my house that some of my uh, friends went to, which were either Triton College or College of DuPage. Um, so I'll get back to college page, but, uh, so going, going out of high school, I ended up going to Illinois state university. Uh, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, like as far as my career, really with my life. However, because I was the school kid in my family, I had to choose a school and choose a major and it had to be like a four year, or at least I felt pressured to choose a four year. Um, and also, uh, going through high school, there was a lot of pressure from teachers to not go to a junior college, which I don't know where the hell that pressure came from or. Um, I know a few teachers did it. Some teachers said it was okay, but I, I want to let anyone know listening that if you go to a junior college, you're doing a hell of a smart move because when you save a hell of money and two, if you're at any inkling of not being sure of what you want to do, just, just wait. Like it's not that big of a deal. Um, 
But anyways, going back, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I ended up going to Illinois State for a finance major, and that was just because from ever since I was younger, I knew the value of what money was. However, I didn't have any really expensive taste of much of anything, but I knew the value of money. So I remember I chose finance major because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that um, if you're a finance major, you're going to have a pretty solid job outside of college. And, and this is a mindset that I had for a long time, which was um, you had to have a job. There was no other option besides going to school, getting a degree, going to even higher education if need be, and getting a job. That was all I knew. And it was strange thinking back now that that I have an own digital marketing agency that this would, would where like the path that I would end up going down back into business. However, um, it's it's just weird because going going in a freshman year, coming out even you don't really know. So I did like what a lot of kids did, which isn't healthy at all. But uh, just did a shit ton of drugs. To be honest, went out a lot, drank a lot. Um, trying to find new exp- that's what like is this part of like being young too just trying to go out and just tasting everything except i was tasting kind of the wrong things because uh i went through a period of kind of bouts of depression um and looking back and now what i know now about the human body it's probably most likely just like throwing my neurotransmitter neurotransmitters and brain chemicals and hormones out of whack by the stuff that i was taking which was uh I used to go to a lot of shows. Show when I say shows, I mean concerts and stuff. Um, for specifically uh, EDM or electric dance music shows, um, a huge part of that scene is is doing uh, ecstasy or Molly. Now I, I don't have anything against the drug itself, really. Um, I honestly think that in moderation, anything's fine. I guess unless you have like a history of mental health illness. However. I def I went overboard. One, I, I started at a f- super young age where um, it really wasn't that uh, like it was super unhealthy, especially for a growing, developing teenager. When I did start doing it, but again, that was all based like when you're in, like when you're insecure or in that low point, um, you you do dumb shit. Like the same thing with like if you think nowadays, uh, I say nowadays when people when you're older. Um, and people drink a lot of times people like people would drink and there's something called idea called liquid courage. And the idea of liquid courage is that, uh, you'll drink to do things that you wouldn't normally do when you're sober. For example, uh, go and talk to like the opposite sex, do stupid shit. But like that stems from you not having the confidence to do it when you're sober. So really everything almost always comes down to a sense of yourself, sense, your sense of self-confidence and your security in yourself. Um, which is why I'm a huge advocate for surrounding yourself with positive people now and just working on yourself. Even if you have to take time to like segregate yourself and be separate from other people, um, going through that's what I wanted the topic of this podcast to be was going through those dark times where you feel like shit and are super insecure. And yeah, you're fucking up a lot, uh, leads to a positive outcome. And I'm using my personal story to relate back to that. So going back to this, my personal story, um, Basically, was just doing a shit ton of drugs, uh, going to different festivals. And it all came to a head coming out of freshman year. Uh, I knew that I didn't want to do finance anymore. However, I was still unsure of, of what I was going to do. Um, 
So I went and I, I remember I, I came back from the summer. I had, I had an internship at uh, ISU that started in, I believe it was late July, August. Um, and it was uh, working at the career center uh, down at the school, actually preparing for the upcoming uh, one uh, new admit, excuse me, new, new, um, the new freshman coming in the next, the following year. So uh, basically what that job was just like reviewing resumes, but you did some financial like uh, work as far as payroll and some other things. And it basically, uh, I knew I, I had that. So I was like, okay, I'll learn some business acumen or something. Uh, but I, my going into my sophomore, year, I was planning on just switching to marketing, which is like actually where I am now. Um, but I remember there was again, just another summer of just, trying to figure figure yourself out what you want, where you want. And I did it the only way I knew how, which was just, again, going back to partying, doing a shit ton of drugs. Uh, specifically, LSD or acid uh, was primarily the main uh, problem problem causer for me, you could say. Um, there were a f- two times that I remember where it ended up really badly, and that was like definitely the night like I knew that it – I'll explain this whole story. So um, in June of last year, uh, or I think it's maybe not it's two years ago, but my brother first went to a music festival called Electric Forest. Now, for those of you who don't know, Electric Forest is a four-day camping festival. When I say a camping festival, I mean you go to this field where all these musicians and artists and stages are, and the festival is held in this giant field for in this case it wasn't really a field it was a forest um literally um you go away you drive about uh it was six six hours up into michigan and to oceana county michigan i'll explain why another county you drive up into oceana county michigan um and you go on this ranch uh where the actual forest is and literally in this forest the whole festival itself is 20 square miles however um you go to this place and you camp there for four days and obviously debauchery and all kinds of things happen there. That's like what it's known for. And I remember the whole plan was like, we had all, I went up with uh, my brother, uh, some of my friends who, I don't know if they listen to this or not, but Egypt and uh, Nathan, um, we all went up there and uh, had, had a plan. I'll just get fucked up, have a good time. That was like, that's the plan. I guess always um, at this point I'm 19. So, we get up there to Electric Forest. Uh, like literally, it was the first official day that opened. Uh, it was Thursday. We ran Thursday through Sunday. Um, we got there Wednesday night, slept there, and then Thursday we went to the festival. So first day, remember uh, we had uh, we dropped acid. Uh, I remember I walked away from the group for to fill up my camel back, and literally some guy gave me a, a warhead. It was basically a warhead of undosed, uh, unknown. Uh, uh, lace warhead. So basically, he gave me could give me anything really. It was, it was really dangerous looking in hindsight because you have no idea what he gave you. And I just took it just in like belief and trusted this random guy who came up to me with a brown paper bag. Anyways, um, so now I have one tab for sure of LSD in me, and then an undosed lace warhead of whatever it could have been, whether it could have been actual LSD or some kind of research chemical that has done. A, unknown effects on your body. Um, and then basically I got fucked pretty much. I was, comp- I, I, I got lost. Uh, 
and it was just a really bad experience for me. It ended up with me actually getting arrested. Uh, yeah, arrested. And pretty much uh, the Michigan State Police uh, arrested me because I tried to get on a... So there were bike pedicabs at this festival that got people around because it was it's so big. Uh, I remember I was lost, so I was pretty freaked out. And I was uh, pretty intoxicated, intoxic- under the influence at that point. So, like, I was freaking out. And um, when you do acid, uh, it, it does warp your perception of time, space, and, like, uh, what the world is and looks like and really puts you in a, a, a higher state of mind of thinking. But in this case, the higher state of mind just was about anxiety and caused anxiety because I was just worrying about how I was going to get back to my group. So uh, you can get in pretty bad spots with doing this. Or doing that drug specifically, which is why I was advised if you are going to do it, do it in a place that's extremely comfortable for you and surrounded by people who you know will take care of you. Um, I probably would never advise anyone to do it at a festival, just from what I've went through and a couple of people that I've talked to after. Um, but I digress. Um, so I see this pedicab and... I jump on it thinking, like, okay, there's no one there. Uh, so I jump on it and go to pedal. Right when I go to pedal away, I, I feel a shoulder grab me or someone grab me by my shoulder, throw me to the ground. Um, so at this point, uh, I've, it's already, I'm already kind of like on edge as is. So I, instinctively, I just go fight or flight. And I, I remember I don't even, my, I don't even, my face, I don't even register what his face looked like. But I remember I just see a person and I just hit him. Cause it's just instinctive at this point. And at this point I'm so freaked out. Like at any point, uh, I was just so on edge. Um, it would have just triggered something to happen. So I hit him and then he screams out, Oh, this guy's trying to steal my pedicab. This guy's trying to steal my pedicab. So I, I feel a hand, a firm hand grab me by the shoulder. And he's like, Hey, and I remember I turn and I just run opposite direction. So I'm running and it turns out that it was a Michigan State police officer who grabbed me to figure out what the hell was going on in that specific situation that just happened. So now I'm running away. Um, I end up getting caught uh, and I get sent to the Oceana County uh, Jail. So at the Oceana County Jail, I get processed and everything. And they let me out the next day, just giving me back all my stuff, except I'm in the middle of nowhere. So at this point, this is the uh, dark moment that I'm talking about, the night. That makes the actual, you know, that makes this the day worth it. I'll explain into it. So, at this point, I get released. I get called back later for an arraignment after all of this happened. So I get arraigned, uh, and now it's. I find out that in the state of Michigan, which just a forewarning to everyone who knows, uh, who lives in Michigan or at all, um, they have a tiered. Uh, criminal justice system as far as like you get a specific punishment for the specific crime that you commit without any exception. So uh, what happened was when they found and searched my bed, they found the remaining drugs that I had on me, which happened to be um, MDMA or methylene dioxide, methamphetamine. Um, It's basically ecstasy. And in the state of Michigan, and actually in the whole United States, it's a schedule one substance. So, Schedule one substances in the state of Michigan gets you, uh, it's a felony. So I was 19 at the time, and I remember I got my arraignment, 
and I saw a lawyer for the first time. I remember I drove up there with my mom. And so I live in uh, a suburb right outside of uh, Chicago called North Riverside. Um, and so we drive up there. And I remember I'm nervous the whole time because I know I'm, I fucked up. I know it. Um, it was a very quiet car ride and phone call after that first happened. That initial phone call called my parents was fucking devastating. Um, and this is coming from someone who's like never done, uh, was never the quote unquote troublemaking kid in his family or anything. And my brother took that role. Um, but so we're driving back up there for the arraignment. And I remember we get to the lawyer's office who was representing me, who apparently represents a number of these cases, uh, every year from the festival, because there's always a round of people who get uh, in trouble at this festival specifically. Um, so we go see this one specific lawyer and I remember I sit down in her office and she tells me, uh, what would happen and what's going to happen. So, um, basically a felony charge in the state of Michigan is, uh, 15 years in prison or uh, $15,000 in fines. And because I was above the age of 18, I was going to be tried, tried in as adult. Um, so basically I was facing... Uh, prison time and losing 15 years of my life or $15,000, which my parents didn't have, uh, nor did I have. So I remember the second that she told me that I started, I broke down. I remember I started bawling. Um, cause like, what can you do? You know, it was just a stupid kid trying to figure out what the fuck he wants to do in life. And you fucked up. Um, this is a pretty big fuck up, but that's why the topic is what it is. And this is just a good story that I feel like would uh, really paint a good picture, I guess. So I remember I started bawling. I remember I, I was like, I stopped once you get to the car. Um, and as we're driving back, I remember I, I told my mom, who's the one driving at this point, um, to just stop and pull over. And I remember I get out of the car and I just walk about 15 feet away and I just stare at, well, at this point, they're in Michigan in the middle of nowhere. So it's just forest and woods. And I remember I'm thinking to myself, I, you're fucking done. Like, that's it. You're going to fucking prison. This is slam shut. Like, you had it. It's yours. Like, there's no really way around it. Um, so during this period, uh, everyone thinks my life is over. At least everyone, as far as people who know what ha knew what had happened at the festival. It was pretty... My small number of people who knew was myself, my family, and uh, the two or three people who I went down there with. Now, excuse me. Um, going forward, it was uh, pretty shitty. So this happened in June. So the next four months were probably the worst so far that I've probably had been through right behind stopping myself for wrestling, which I'll have to get into another story. Um, well, I can probably just tell you right now after this, but um, it was uh, it was pretty fucking shitty. I remember I, I was extremely lucky enough that my lawyer found a loophole within the Michigan state law where there was a statute that said, if you're a first time offender, you get a, you can waive the actual felony penalty at least. Um, and we took ahead of that loophole because I was a first time offender, at least in the state of Michigan. So 
went ahead and went with that and I fucking dodged prison time. Like I was like one, I want to say that uh, without my parents being there or without them caring about me in the way that they do, I would have just been, I would have been gone. Really, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made this podcast. This is this happened uh, almost a year ago, so I would have been gone, like slam book shut. I, this none of this would have happened, and none of this, um, none of this progression of me as a human being and me as a person so far would have happened because I would have been in uh, in a state prison. Um, so. Now at this point, I'm uh, I'm at home, and uh, I remember I don't talk to no one knew I was home at this point. Everyone thought that I went to the internship. Um, I ended up did going towards the end of it because uh, it was agreed that I should just go back to school where it would, I would be productive. At this point, there's no trust in me at all either because everyone, um, at least my family, thinks that I'm just a druggie, so they don't want to let me out. Or, you know, I don't even want to go out because I'm so depressed. Um, so I just go back to school, um, literally the first week of school after the internship, which was, uh, eye opening as far as how my, uh, switch of the majors was going to go. So I go back to school and literally the first week of school at, at ISU, I, uh, again, the same thing. I don't know what I... Honestly, I think I was just being reckless because I figured my life was over anyways. So I go back to school, and literally in the first week, I remember my brother visited me that day. And in the first week, uh, I again do the same thing. I drop LSD again. And this time, it ends up me the following day. What happened was I end up uh, getting extremely tense and angry and... Um, the following day after the night that I actually did it. And it led me to get arrested again by the Illinois State Police now. So now I just got finished being arraigned from what happened at Electric Forest, and I just got arrested again within not even a four-month, three-month period. And I think this was just like a cyclic um, feedback loop, more of a, a negative mental feedback loop thinking that, I'm already a criminal. I don't know what was going through. I don't know. Sub subconsciously, it honestly is hard for me to think back really what I was truly thinking back to that time because honestly, I think more so because of the drugs that were constantly flowing to my brain. Um, but I ended up getting arrested again. Um, and this time, uh, you know, I get uh, pretty much kicked kicked out and forced to leave the school because, um, one, I my parents don't believe that I'm able to do anything on my own anymore because, you know, I got arrested twice in the summer. Um, so I actually I actually leave there. That was a part of it, and also just because a part of that I didn't know what I wanted to do. So uh, I just went. I just came home. At this point, I'm really in a really low place. Um, I fucked up twice, 
my self-esteem, which maybe have been somewhat built up from me getting involved in fitness, is gone. No motivation. Um, I basically just sat in my house and just didn't do anything, which is honestly probably one of the worst things ever that anyone can do. Because if there's one thing worse than doing the wrong thing, is doing nothing. Because doing nothing gets you literally nowhere. So I remember for the months of, this happened in August, the uh, Illinois incident. So I went from August, September, October, November, December without really seeing anybody. Um, and it wasn't until December that I actually started branching out again into uh, my f- old high school friend group who I actually used to go to all the shows with. Uh, one of them, uh, really good friend Kyle Tracy, I'm actually going to bring him on to the podcast the next episode. We're going to do our first interview here, and we're going to talk about um, one's just mental, uh, mental health and mental growth as far as kind of retouching and rehashing this subject of going through days and nights. Kyle is a very interesting story, and he's a really smart guy, and he has words to say, so I wanted him to... Um, come on and talk. So going after this point, I have to go to uh, NA. For those of you who don't know what NA is, it's Narcotics Anonymous. Um, It's basically like the addictive group for people who do drugs instead of drink. It's the same equivalent as AA or Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, At this point, I really don't believe, I, I don't know, I have extremely mixed feelings about this whole period, or at least the NA. It's it can really help people. I understand it. It helped me, but I feel like a lot of people who are minor offenders get put in this group, and they make you believe that you have a larger problem that it really isn't there, which then makes you overthink and overanalyze the little things that you do, which gets you really nowhere. However, I really do believe that. I wouldn't be the man and I wouldn't be here today if um, it wasn't for my sponsor, uh, Roscoe Canty, at that time. So I don't know if he'll probably ever listen to this, but yeah, thank you. Um, so going forward, uh, there's you really only have two options. You either, I realize you, I can either let this crush me and that wasn't really an option. I was too strong-willed at this point from having gone through wrestling uh, in high school. So I'm just going to touch on the subject really quickly. Uh, wrestling in high school, I uh, one, it really changed my life physically. Um, I was always an overweight kid. Uh, and going into it, it's extremely intensive, mentally and physically challenging and tough sport. So going into it, I lost a shit ton of weight. Like I'm talking 30, 40 pounds. I remember freshman year at my heaviest, I was 217, and I lost my senior year, I was 170, under 170. However, that span from junior to senior year, I was basically binge eating and starving myself, and then binge eating and then starving myself, and then binge eating and starving myself to get to that low weight. Um, but from that sparked my whole passion for fitness and nutrition to just one, fix myself. Um, and then I realized the value of just a self-confidence aspect that fitness can bring people, which is why I do uh, the personal training and VCAS coach now. 
really, really important part of my life. So going back to the moment after going through NA, you either can let stuff crush you or, which at that point I knew it wasn't an option because if I made it through the wrestling, I can, I can do this. So uh, I started looking at schools that I could go to uh, around my house. And I got to, I chose COD. I remember the first school I went there for a fall semester. What was weird is that I had a lot of friends who went there and no one knew that I went because I was literally that secretive about me being home because I fucked up. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to tell anyone or let anyone know. Um, when I did finally reach out, they were, everyone was super surprised. Um, it wasn't until March that things really started to change for me. Um, I got, into UIC's Rehabilitation Sciences program, which I'm about to finish um, next year in May. And honestly, all of going through all of this and making it all public now um, really made me a better person. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I had a somewhat rough childhood as far as how I was raised, but I truly believe that going through the shit of your life and just sucking it up and taking it. There's always a sunlight on the other side. And once you hit that sunlight, it feels so goddamn good. Um, I never thought I'd share this story like this before, but I wanted to say a little personal anecdote that was really important to me and let you guys in. Um, make myself a little vulnerable. That's like what I always say is be uh, uh, comfortably uncomfortable. Well, you got to live it, right? But just know if you're going through a shitty time, if you can relate any, at all to that story, you can always message me on uh, social media at Coach. Um, I'm on pretty much everything. I'm making a Alexa skill pretty soon. Um, I'm editing the uh, YouTube videos to, uh, over the weekend, if not tomorrow. Um, so hopefully my YouTube channel will be up by next week. But... Uh, reach out to me if you guys have ever have anything to talk about. Uh, I'd love to explain more and elaborate on how positive impact this going through shit can have on you. Um, but just reach out with anything. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I was glad to share. Have a good night because it's getting kind of late. Peace.